Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is a man that says he has nothing to apologize for, but he's working on it. <laughs> it's Dale. Yeah, that's the damn truth. Yep. I'm stacking them up. Yeah. It seems like, <laughs> seems like us guys always have to have something to apologize for. We're just not happy. Yeah, that's right. We're just sorry to be sorry. I think we're conditioned that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're not apologizing for something, there's something going to happen. You missed out on something. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, bud? What's happening? Man, it's a beautiful day. Isn't it? Man, and we're in here recording. I'm telling you, it's kind of odd, dude. We, we got to get it in when you got to get it in. That's it. Yeah. You got any good shout outs for us today, bud? Yeah, we got a few. We want to, you know, we've uh, said some stuff about uh, some of our followers on Instagram and some of our followers on Facebook, but today we're going to jump over to the YouTube channel. We've had some good comments come in. We want to thank the John Smith yet again handle there. He gave us a good comment on uh, the Brenda Spencer episode that just dropped on youtube and uh the dale dinwiddie had a good compliment from uh peppermint so we really like to thank you guys for leaving comments for us out there on the youtube channel absolutely we appreciate everybody that you know listens to us and checked us out and be sure to go to apple podcast and leave us a rating review click that five star button that's right it really helps a lot go to youtube subscribe hit the little bell thing we've just busted fifty thousand views on uh on the youtube so uh it's pretty amazing yep and it's good stuff man check out our store page get you a t-shirt get you a mug get you some kind of crack house merchandise yeah get you some stuff jump over to the facebook thing hit the like there man we're almost at a thousand it's killing me we got to get up there yeah i think we're we're a little over 900 so surely we can we can get a thousand share our our post on there maybe we get a thousand maybe i'll do some kind of cool giveaway or something we do need to have a cool giveaway pretty soon we do we got some cool fans they deserve it all right, bud, we're going to get into our case this week, and we are doing part two of Richard Trenton Chase. Before we get into this, we want to go ahead and tell you now, uh, if you thought part one was going to get a little rough, you ain't heard shit yet, because <laughs> it's going to get a little little bad today. This guy is pretty bad. Yeah. So He's the worst I've read about, yeah. heard about. So... We'll give you a little heads up before we get to the, the real, real bad parts, but they're going to come quick. If blood, gore, and stuff like that makes you squeamish, then this is not for you. Yeah, maybe we'll see you next week. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but, but otherwise, you know, me and Donnie are pretty committed, and we we like to we'll drop into details when they're there to, to do, and sometimes they're hard to say and hard to read and hard to hear, but oh well. This Somebody's got to do it. Yep. <laughs> this this is the this is the way he was. I mean, this is what, what happened to him. This, That's right. So we're gonna get into it, bud. All right, let's and roll. Just to summarize a little bit from part one, okay. just just for a minute here, you know, we talked about Richard. You know, he had a pretty pretty good young childhood. You he know, did. going in, um, he was in Cub Scouts, played little league baseball, and just everything was going good. And you know, his dad got to drinking and got abusive. His mom was having some mental issues. Yep. And, you know, he had a sister, and well, his dad had some infidelity going on and got into his teenage years, and he found out that he had a little bit of uh, erectile dysfunction going on. Yeah. And I think that's what really brought on a lot of his m- mental illness. He yeah. was uh, diagnosed as a schizophrenic, a paranoid schizophrenic. He believed that his body was low on blood. Yeah. And which was really called, he thought was causing his erectile dysfunction. I think he thought that was causing a lot of stuff. Yeah. People were stealing his organs and his stomach was upside down. And 
he he thought a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, he tried to help himself by going to the doctor a lot and telling them. And I'm sure he got some nice looks when he went in there and told them what he thought was going on. But he was trying. He just didn't realize how sick he was. I don't think. Yep. And then every time he would do something, or they would make some advances, and you know, it seemed like his mom or his dad would come along and. And it would just revert right back. Yeah. You know, like, you know, she, they got him on some meds and she didn't like the way he was kind of zombied out and she weaned him off of those. And then he yeah. went back full power to crazy land. And he got to consuming the blood of animals. Yeah. Rabbits, dogs, and cats. Um, thinking, you know, that would help his low blood problem. Yeah. And so, even inject himself with animal blood and um, getting sick. Yeah. He was in blood infection. Making uh, purees and, uh, smoothies out of parts i mean he was doing all kind of stuff to try to fix his blood problem you know either where he thought he was really low or his, at one time he was even thinking his blood was turning to dust you know he just he had something in his head bad was just telling him all this stuff was yep. going on so he had some bad psychological stuff going on no and doubt then, about you it you know and then they would have problems and then sometimes he would act normal you know like even right before everything really went crazy he'd come in and had his hair fixed and he had you know cleaned up his beard and was talking about getting his job and his dad take him out shopping and went and bought him. He was wanting this orange, it was like a ski jacket, right? Like a yeah. down ski jacket. So his dad bought him his jacket and everything was really cool. And and just a couple of days later, I think that's when his sister had said something about uh, she really didn't want him to come home for Christmas, right? Yes. And his mama had called him and uh, had told him, you know, really, we just don't think you should come home for Christmas. And I think that really is what set mm-hmm. off the second part of this uh, all this mayhem yeah that was the later end of december of 77 yeah 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 so about where we're getting ready to start it was all this happened right in there you know everything was good and then some crazy stuff because right after you know right after she told him he didn't want him to come home for christmas she heard a knocking outside her door and she thought it was the cab but it was too loud so she figured maybe well maybe it was him and she just didn't really want to see him at this point and then she heard a loud loud bang when yeah he had shot her cat on the front porch and brought it in the house and threw it so he was not happy about getting, not getting home home for Christmas. So yep. I think that really set off a lot of this craziness that's getting ready to to drop on you guys. And this that's when he went on that shooting spree and mm-hmm. shot into the home of uh, Dorothy Polinsky that we mentioned at the end of last episode. Right, and so that would bring us to where we're getting ready to start right now. Yep. Now on uh, December the 29th of 1977, this is when Richard Chase gets into his first victim. And... It was really a, just a, a drive-by shooting, Dale. And they said it was just almost kind of like a warm-up for his crimes he planned on committing. And his first victim was a man named Ambrose Griffin. Yeah. And he was a 51-year-old engineer, a father of two, and he was helping his wife bring in some groceries. Yeah, they just got home from uh, getting groceries and uh, pulled in, and I think he gave his wife the keys to open up the trunk, and you know, because you needed that at that time. Yeah, <laughs> not now. You actually had two keys yeah. for your car. <laughs> yeah, one for the trunk, one for the ignition. Yeah, and uh, so she opened up, and they started carrying the groceries in, and I think his daughter-in-law was holding the door for him and stuff, and he went to go get the last bag of groceries, and about this time is when uh, that Ford Ranchero come rolling by. Yep, and uh, he does uh, more or less like a drive-by shooting. Yep, and uh, shot him with the twenty-two caliber mm-hmm. right in the chest. Yep. And killed him. And killed him. So that was his his first human murder. But now one of uh, Ambrose Griffin's sons, he reported seeing a neighbor walking around their East Sacramento neighborhood with a twenty two rifle earlier in the week. And the neighbor's rifle was seized, but ballistics determined that it was not 
the murder weapon. Right. And uh, it was also determined that the twenty two used to kill Ambrose Griffin was the same one that was used to fire into uh, Dorothy Polinsky's. Right, home. yeah. So they, they discounted the neighbor's gun, but they did figure out the twenty two that killed Mr. Griffin was the same one that was found in the kitchen. So it seems like they're they're getting close. They're leaking th- things up, but it's not, not you know, they're not enough. finding who's doing this. You know, and you'd think, you know, because he's already creeping around a little bit here in the neighborhoods. I'm sure he's looking a little rough. Yep. So, you know, especially if he's wearing that orange jacket, <laughs> it's not going to be hard to spot. Now, just uh, about a week, week and a half later, this is on January the 11th of 78, Richard asked a neighbor for a cigarette. And when they wouldn't give him, you know, the cigarette, he forcibly restrained them until he gave him the entire pack. Now, he said they uh, actually had offered him a cigarette, but he still didn't move, just stood there and stared at him. So yeah. then he gave him the whole pack, and then they ran because he freaked him out. Yeah. I don't blame him. I would Yeah. <laughs> this guy's creepy looking. Yep. Now, just two weeks later... You know, some serial killers, Dale, they, it takes them years and years to build up to different levels of killing and crime and, you know, what they do to their victims. But Richard did this, all of his stuff, in less than a month. Yeah. And the things we're going to talk about takes place within a month's time. Yeah, a lot of times it takes, you know, I don't know, almost a lifetime, you know. For, yeah. Like to go from, like, fires and stuff and then start killing small animals and then, you know, eventually fantasizing about all this stuff to get to where they finally kill a human, but not him. No, it's, it's a month. Yeah. And this is probably part of his uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, kicking yeah. in hard. Now, two weeks later, he attempted to enter the home of another woman and finding that our doors were locked, he went to her backyard and walked away. But I said that, uh, you know, he was, he had walked up and she was in the house and she saw him. Yeah. And he was trying her windows and trying her doors, but he didn't see her, but she was like looking at him. You know, he was freaking her out, right? Mm-hmm. She's checking and said, and then she went to the back door. And by the time he got to the back door and they were staring face to face. Yeah. And he's looked at her, you know, and she wouldn't let him in and said, he just stared at her for a minute and then just walked away, walked through her backyard and out the gate. Yeah. Back into the neighborhood. And said she called the cops, but the time he got there, he was already gone. But, you know, that would be some freaky stuff, man. Now, I've heard from different places that it was part of Richard's schizophrenia that, you know, if he would go to a house and the door was locked, then he would just assume that he wasn't invited in. Yeah. But if the door was unlocked, that was his way of saying, oh, I'm, I'm okay to go in. Yeah, come on in. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like uh, you know. I'm invited. If, if if you're not locked up, I'm invited to come in. It's, yeah. it's your own fault, basically. Yeah, pretty much. That's what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah. You know, and about this time, just right in the same time, you know, the neighbors are still reporting that they see Richard carrying dogs and cats and rabbits and a lot of stuff in his home at this still the same time, and they never, ever see him come out. Yeah, dogs and so, animals never leave the house. Right, so he's still doing all this mess while he's escalating. Yeah. And he went down the street, and he broke into a – the home of a young married couple and stole some of their valuables and different things and yeah. opened up their, I guess, their dresser drawers and whatnots. And it was this time, Dale, he urinated into a drawer that belonged to their infant and had their infant's clothing in it, and he defecated on their son's bed. Yeah. That was uh, Robert and Barbara Edwards. And, yep. and they actually came home and caught him in the house and walked in and see him face-to-face and lucky to live yeah, you know, knowing what's how it, what, you know how we're going from here, but yeah, then what do you think about that? What the hell was he? <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Not unless he thought they were home. So yeah. uh, he just went in and was robbing their house, I guess, and then figured I'll just take a dump while I'm here. 
the husband attacked him, but uh, Richard did escape. Yeah. Kind of reminds you of uh, Ramirez, you know. Yeah, he was able to get out, yeah. You know, when he'd go in and do somebody's house, if somebody tried to get on, he would run away. Mm-hmm. But, you know. but, yeah, I think uh, that couple was kind of lucky in there because it could have went way worse. But, yeah, he ran away. They never called him for that. Just 30 minutes later, after this encounter in this house where he went in and took the dump on the bed, he uh, had went to a store. I'm not sure how far away this place was, but he was at a store and uh, said he was going to get a drink or something. And he runs into Nancy Holden, Nancy Holden, who was uh, a girl he knew from school and said, but uh, he I walked, think he went to high school together. Yeah. And I uh, said, he walked up to her and just straight out of the blue, he goes, were you on the motorcycle when Kurt was killed? Yeah. And she looked at him. And now Kurt was her boyfriend in high school who was killed in a motorcycle accident. But she had no clue who this guy was. Yeah, because I guess he had changed a lot since high yeah, school. Yeah, because, you know, if you look at the pictures, it's a, I was going to say random, but it's not random. It's a, a really big difference of what he looked like between then and now. But when he asked who he was, he said, you know, his name was Rick. And uh, so then she realized who he was, and she kind of freaked her out. Because he did go by Rick Chase in school. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of freaked her out. So she kind of just blew him off, you know. It was like, you know, that's kind of a – really weird way to come up and say hello says, hey how you doing <laughs> remember me but no yeah were you on the motorcycle when he was killed but yeah. uh so she just you know kind of blew him off you know as a high school friend or whatever kind of, it just, really freaked her out in a way yeah so she just went on but ever so randomly he would come back up to her in store kind of like he was bumping into her randomly on each aisle or something yeah and even when she got in the checkout line he was behind her so now she's starting to get freaked yeah, out he was stalking her no doubt about it so she knew she had to to do something so when she checked out she just ran at her car and uh, she got in the car and locked the door but when he or she don't even know she got the door locked she ran and got in the car and started up and he grabbed for the door handle and she pulled off before he got it yeah now whether it's locked or not i don't know but uh, yeah so she luckily escaped being him now whether he was just wanting to ride back or whatever or not but i wouldn't think so at this point in his mental condition yeah, especially him ramping up yeah so that's a that's a pretty freaky little incident there that happened in that store so yeah he was definitely stalking her yep now dale just a few days later richard was continuing to break into homes or attempt or attempting to break into homes and he, he came across the home of david and Teresa wallen mm-hmm. now david was at work and Teresa was in the middle of taking garbage out yeah and she left the front door unlocked yeah she went to go get another bag i think yeah and richard surprised her and shot her three times yeah she turned she was taking the garbage out and she went to go get the last bag i believe and when she turned around he stood right in front of her raised his gun and shot her three times and once was in the hand i think it was almost like a defensive wound yeah and twice in the head yeah she threw her hand up and he shot her and it, it was killing her yeah and it was the same gun used to kill Ambrose Griffin that they determined. Now, Richard dragged her body into the bedroom. Okay, here we go. What? Gore alert. Yep. Okay, that's the last one we're going to give you. Because yep. it's going to get worse from here yep. on out. Now, Richard dragged her body into the bedroom, and he raped her post-mortem. Yeah. While repeatedly stabbing her with the butcher knife. Yeah, he said he stabbed her so hard it cracked her sternum, and the blade was actually coming out of her back. Yeah. And when he had finished, he carved her body open and removed several of the internal organs and using a bucket to collect the blood and then taking it to the bathroom, and he bathed in it. Yeah. 
And then he sliced off her left nipple and drank her blood. And while he had been in the kitchen, I guess going through the house, he found an empty yogurt container Yeah, there on the counter or something. And he used it as a drinking glass. Yeah, I think he was using this as he was taking her, dragging her back. Because, you know, there's so the photos. There's this, see where that cup was set down several times. So he's like, probably from the bullet wounds, maybe. Yeah. Just collecting what was... Uh, but he was using this empty yogurt cup as a as a drinking glass yeah. for her blood. Right. Yep. And before he left, he went out into the yard, and Dale, he found a pile of dog feces. And he returned to her body and stuffed her mouth and throat with the dog feces. What the hell? Yep. So he's just building up. It's getting, it's getting worse. So, yeah. Yeah, this one here is pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, and she was three months pregnant. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty rough there. You know, and I mean, all the stuff that he did was basically what he was doing to the animals, but I don't I don't really get the part about the, the dog feces. Yeah. I don't know. That's just him degrading her a step further. More, yeah. Guess. No doubt about it. Mm. But right after that happened, on January the 23rd, this was just a few days later, it was just... Actually, two days after he killed Teresa Wallen, Richard bought two puppies from a neighbor, and then he killed them and drank their blood, and he threw the bodies of the dogs on the, their front yard. So he, front just, yard, yeah. he just can't get enough at this point. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's every day he's doing something. Hmm, it's crazy. Now, on January the 27th, this is when Richard committed his final murder, which really also qualifies as a mass murder. Yeah. He entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Miroth, and she was babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, David. But also there in the home was Evelyn's six-year-old son, Jason, and a neighbor was there by the name of Dan Meredith. Yeah, Dan had came over. He had bought uh, David some uh, new uh, snowshoes because he was going to go uh, to the mountains later with the, some neighbors. Yep. So that's why he would he had come over there, and I think he was the one watching the kids while Evan was going to take a bath quick. Yeah, Dan, like I said, Dan was watching the kids, and he went into the front hallway when Chase entered the home. Yep. And was shot in the head point blank. Yeah, right off the bat with his twenty-two caliber handgun. So don't let anybody tell you that twenty-two is not dangerous. So what it does, I mean, it won't. It's not powerful enough, but when it enters the, the skull, it bounces around. Yep. So, ricochet effect. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it will it will kill you instantly. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty powerful. It's powerful in its own way. Right. Again, this was the same gun used to kill uh, Ambrose Griffin and Teresa Wallen. Mm. So they've got a connection going on. And then Richard turned Dan's body over and stole his wallet and his car keys. And Jason ran into his mother's bedroom where Richard fatally shot him twice in the head at point-blank range. Yep. And on the way to killing Jason... Uh, Richard also shot uh, David, which was a 22-month-old, in the head. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was in the in the playpen. Yep. Oh, and a while ago, I'm sorry, I said that David, he brought David's snowshoes. He had brought, uh, actually, Jason some snowshoes. Oh, so, okay. So, sorry about that. That's all right. Now, correct that. No problem. And then Chase went into the bathroom, and he fatally shot Evelyn once in the head. He dragged her body onto the bed and where he sodomized her. Yes. And he drank her blood 
and he it seemed like he cut a series of slices out of the back of her neck to be able to drink the blood out of her neck why he's doing what he's doing yep and he at this point i guess his excitement dale you know from his erectile dysfunctions got solved i guess so yeah because uh he was able to you know sodomize her body and they found when they were i guess given the autopsy in her rectum they found an unusual amount of uh semen Mm -hmm. so it it seemed to be according to reports there was uh, more than one ejaculation and i and i guess in his mind drinking this blood and doing these acts was a cure for his i guess he had enough blood yeah he had enough and this was a cure for it because uh, schizophrenia i think he must have visited several times is that what we're saying yep Mm. so this was a cure for his problem and when he was done he stabbed her at least a, a half a dozen times in the rectum and the knife penetrated her uterus and he stabbed her in a series of vital points in the body which caused blood from her internal organs i guess to pull up in her abdomen and then he sliced her open and drained it into a bucket and then he consumed all the blood. My God. Yeah. This dude, and, what the hell? And like I said, it's, it continues to ramp up, and it gets worse. Yeah. And Richard went into the bedroom and retrieved David's body. This is the 22-month-old. The baby. Dale. Yeah. And he took it to the bathroom and split his skull open in the bathtub and consumed some of the blood and brain matter. So he's eating his brains. Yeah. God almighty. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely the worst dude we've done. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's many. How, how the hell can you get worse? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, now, just outside the house, there was a six-year-old girl who they were going to the mountains. She was coming to see if, if he was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And she had knocked on the door, and it startled Chase, and he fled the residence, stealing Dan Meredith's car. Because remember, he he, he took, took his, his keys in his wallet. Yeah. yeah, and the girl alerted a neighbor, and the neighbor broke into the Miroff home where she discovered the bodies and contacted the police. And when they got in the home... Can you imagine what she saw? I can't imagine a little girl seeing that stuff, how it affected her. Or, or their mom or whoever or anybody else who went in. Yeah, I mean, you just walk into your neighbor's house and Well, see you know it. she had to win in. Yeah. You know, being right there, because, you know, in her mind, they didn't have anything going on. She didn't think anything like, anything like that was happening. She was just going on a, the mountains. Yeah. Damn. Yep. And when they got in the home, police discovered that Chase had left handprints and imprints of the soles of his shoes with Evelyn's blood on them. So this tells you right here, he's not even he don't care. worried about getting caught. It's not, he ain't even thinking that way. He's not killing for to be killing. He's doing this because the, for the blood aspect. His need. His to, need, yeah. Because he's not even trying to hide evidence or anything. It's just, I don't even know if he's even thinking about it. No, he's not. He just... He, uh, because this is right there in the neighborhood, the yeah. right around where he lives. So, you know, he don't care. Mm. He just wanting that blood to cure his ED problem. Yeah, now, you know, when they went through the house and they seen all this stuff, you, you know, there was one thing missing. He took the baby with him. He took uh, the 22-month-old David with him. Ugh. Yep. And I guess in his mind, too, I've read and heard that this was young blood. Yeah. Untainted blood. Well, you know, when they ask him later, and I don't know if I'm spoiling anything there, but when they ask him later why he took the baby, he said that he needed something to eat. This was his answer. That's, that's sick, man. That's sick. And he took David's body home with him, where 
Dale, he he did the unspeakable. He did. He he chopped off his penis and he used it as a straw to be able to suck the blood out of little David's body. My God. And then he sliced his body open and consumed several internal organs. He made smoothies out of the others, and finally, he disposed of little David's body in a box behind a uh, nearby church. Now, Dale, it was just five days after the mass murder, and after hearing the FBI profile, remember the girl from the store, Nancy Holden, right? You know, that was able to get away. You know, the one that went to school with him. She contacted the police, saying that she believed that Richard could be the killer. Yeah, they said they determined that the killer was probably a tall, malnourished, you know, a loner, physically very unclean, and, you know, basically describing the dude who was stalking her butt in the store mm-hmm. the whole way. And they ran a background check on Richard, and they came across his registration of a twenty two caliber semi-automatic pistol. Yep. And the detectives and the police, they went to Chase's apartment to speak to him. Right. But I guess he didn't come to the door or something. Or Yeah, they went and knocked on the door and nobody came to the door. Yeah. And detectives and police, they went next door because the apartment was empty. And they hid out in there and staked out his apartment for a little while. Right. I think one of the detectives actually went to the office of the the management office and, and called into the apartment. And he answered the phone. But then he realized he didn't know the voice, so he immediately hung up. Yeah. So then after that, I think that's when he got spooked and he took off. This was before caller ID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the police hid down the hallway and waited for Richard to leave and yeah. arrested him when he left the apartment carrying a bloodstained box. And his orange parka and shoes were most likely bloodstained. Most likely, hell. Yeah. <laughs> and inside were pieces of shredded, blood-soaked wallpaper and bloodstained twenty-two, which uh, he had committed to murders. Yeah. And Richard claimed... I think there was some brain matter in there, too. Yeah. And Richard claimed that the bloody wallpaper and bloody gun were a result of him killing several dogs. Um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And when the police, you know, they searched... Can you imagine what this dude's apartment looks like? I can't imagine. But when the police searched, you know, his body, they found that he was carrying Dan Meredith's wallet. Yep. Yeah, they, they, they took him down, you know. He told you he tried to run, and they jumped on him. I think there were two uh, detectives that were there, and besides the one who was at the office making the phone call. And when they took him down, he was fighting them and fighting them and trying to get reach for his pocket. And when they seen what he was reaching for, it was that wallet. Yeah. And then uh, said one of the detectives actually held him down and told him he needed to quit fighting and pulled his gun and stuck it in his ear and said, if you don't quit fighting, I'm going to blow your brains out. And said the guy never quit fighting, but he realized right then he just, he wasn't like him. Mm-hmm. He couldn't shoot him. Now, they did find in Richard's apartment, uh, they found the walls, floor, ceiling, refrigerator, and all of uh, Richard's eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood Holy on shit. the counter and was the blender Chase used to make his smoothies. Yeah, I think there's a couple of them, actually. And it, uh, they said it was caked with coagulated blood and the rotting matter of internal organs. And inside the refrigerator, police found animal body parts wrapped in aluminum foil, uh, David's brains in a Tupperware container, God and pieces of his body wrapped in saran wrap. And even several of Elvin Miroth and Teresa Wallen's internal organs. And on another counter were several pet collars. And then on the kitchen table, he had spread out numerous diagrams depicting various aspects of human biology and anatomy. Wow. So, yeah, he was... 
Oh, that's sick. No doubt. Now, I was just thinking, man, I'm assuming he, he wasn't eating anything except for this stuff. Yeah. All he was you know, because he was really skinny. He had lost a ton of weight, you know, but he was just drinking blood and eating body parts. That's it. And I'm assuming he was just putting them in a the blender and eating them. There wasn't no cooking or nothing going Smoothies, on. Smoothies, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now in 1979, uh, Richard Chase stood trial on six counts of murder, but in order to avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have Richard found guilty of second-degree murder, which would result in, to life in prison. But their case hinged on Richard's history of mental illness and the lack of planning in his crimes and evidence that they were not uh, premeditated. Right. But they even brought up the fact in court that you know sometimes when he killed he wore latex gloves so indicating that you know sometimes it it was premeditated that he was trying to you know stay clean they thought about his murders yeah but i don't buy that maybe he had some gloves i don't know but i don't think it was because he was trying to outfox anybody because i mean he left shoe prints and hand prints and yeah blood everywhere and all over his clothes and <laughs> i mean I don't know. Maybe he had some. Maybe he'd seen the doctors wearing gloves or something when they're doing. I don't know. Maybe he had that kind of aspect going, but yeah. I don't know about all that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Maybe they were premeditated, but it wasn't like it was. I don't know. It was just. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Now on May the eighth, the jury found Richard Chase guilty on six counts of first degree murder, and the defense asked for clemency during the hearing in which the judge determined that Chase was not legally insane and Richard was sentenced to die in the gas chamber. Now, waiting to die, Richard, you know, the inmates, they tormented and picked on him. Oh, yeah, they found out what he did. You know, he's not going to be very popular in prison. No. You know, especially him killing them kids. Yep. And they even tried to get him to kill himself. Yeah, that's what they kept telling him. Yep. better off he just done that. Yep. And it was Richard, he was holding back on his antidepressant medication. Yeah. He wasn't taking all of his pills. He was, I guess he was hoarding them up. Yeah, I think he were, they were giving them to him three times a day. But uh, yeah, it did, I'm sure at this time it wasn't like they were standing over and make sure he took them, you know, when they gave them to him. So it was, uh, and I forget the name of the medicine. I'd look mm-hmm. it up. Yep. And on uh, December the 26th of 1980, there was a guard doing cell checks and found Richard sort of lying kind of awkwardly on his bed and not breathing. Right. And an autopsy determined that Richard committed suicide with an overdose of, you know, the prison doctor prescribed antidepressants. Yep. That he'd been saving up for the few weeks. Yep. So he killed himself in the end. And there was a, a 1988 movie called Rampage that was kindly, loosely based on Richard's crimes. Hmm. Now we're getting back just to follow up on some stuff, Dale. The body of the little 22-month-old David yeah. was found behind that church. Yeah, I think it was a custodian discovered the box and when he opened it. They found the decapitated body of yep. the little 22-month-old boy. Yeah, so, yeah, Richard never told him where he was or anything. And he, I don't know if he ever really said that he killed the people, did he? It was always he had killed uh, animals, but yeah. I don't know if he ever really admitted to it. No, but they had so much Oh, yeah, I mean, evidence it, it was, him. you know pretty damn obvious but i don't know if he ever admitted to it did he you know he said basically he just had killed animals yep. my god dude he went from rabbits to people and 
such rapid succession and just God he got so awful mm-hmm. I can't imagine and I mean look don't get me wrong I'm not saying they shouldn't have put him to death but them saying he was legally insane I mean what the hell he is yeah he was insane yeah no doubt about it but he did die on death row in San Quentin yep by his own hand yep all right, that is the story of Richard Trenton Chase, and <laughs> the hope it didn't vampire gro- of Sacramento. Hope it didn't gross too many of you out, but that's we, you know, we covered it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we give it to you whether you <laughs> whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, it was, it was a that's a pretty pretty rough one there, Don. Yep. All right, Dale, we're going to get out of here. All righty, let's do it. We want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The The Crack Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.